let's open our Bibles this morning to John chapter 3. And some of you who have been students of the Word of God for any length of time, you really won't even have to look at your Bible very much this morning. It's kind of funny, This, uh, as a pastor, you, you do a lot of things. You, you, you carry a lot of bags and you, um, you deal with a lot of situations throughout the week. And it is amazing to me how uh, sometimes as pastors, we, we just dive into the Word of God. And tonight, uh, I want to invite you to come back and uh, continue the study in Philemon tonight. Uh, we're going to do another dive into God's Word uh, in the book of Philemon. But as I was studying and, and asking the Lord over the past several weeks about what He would want me to say this morning, um, boy, I tell you what, there's so much to preach in the Bible. There's 66 books, thousands of verses. There's so many commentaries and so many historical documents and so much out there that you can dive into and just get lost in. And as I've been, as I've been studying and studying and studying and asking God to give me direction as to what to say this morning, um, one of the things that, that came to my heart and began to stir me is, you know, Bill, sometimes as humans, we try to overcomplicate things. Anybody here ever guilty of overcomplicating things? And as I, as I was thinking through that and, and, you know, just processing, I came across a friend of mine who's a musician. And, um, and as we were talking, I was talking about the simplicity of the scripture and he began to talk about music because that's what he's passionate about. And he said, Bill, he said, you know, one of the things I think is ironic, he said, as I, he plays, he's a guitarist, he's a very gifted guitarist, and he says, I, I sit in my living room sometimes and plug my guitar in and begin to play uh, different things in the guitar. And some of you guys and gals who are musicians, you, you'll understand what I'm about to say clearly. Um, sometimes we, we think of chords and, and matching things together and trying to build something very complex and and integral, and, and we, we begin to put it all together. And then he said, Bill, I, I sit there and play these things and come up with these things, and and then I turn my radio on, and I listen to, and you have to understand, this fellow listens to a lot of different genres of music, and he starts listening to some of the classic rock that's on the radio, and he says, you know, Bill, some of the most famous riffs are simple three-chord riffs in music. The stuff that's iconic. If, if, if we had a musician come up here and play uh, a few chords of specific songs, you would know them immediately because you know the riff. You grew up with it. You've heard it a million times through grocery stores and, and fast food joints and being just different places in this world. And he said, you know, Bill, it's not complex things that catch our attention typically. Sometimes it's the simplest things in music that draw our attention and cause us to remember a music uh, a piece, and I got to thinking about that as he's talking to me, and he doesn't realize he's using secular thinking to penetrate my heart with theological truth. And guys, so many times we we look at those scriptures, and there's so much to dive into. But do you know that the simplest thing in scripture that we could dive into and not get lost in the weeds is John three sixteen. As I've been praying and asking God to give me what to say this morning, as I've been studying and praying through this, and, and I have to tell you, it's, it's been a laborious thing. As speaking to my friend, it almost brought a sense of, of tranquility to my heart to say, listen, you need to quit trying to overcomplicate communicating God's word and speak the truth that is so simple that even a child can understand and just relax and let God's word do its work. So we're going to look at John 3.16 today. 
Something very simple. How many of y'all, and you have to raise your hand, how many of y'all in your mind you'll say, Bill, I know this verse by heart. I know this verse. So if you know this verse, I want you to recite it with me as we read. If you don't know this verse, I want you to look at it and read it with us. John 3.16. You ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I got to thinking about this verse, and it's, you know, Christmas time is all about the gifts, isn't it? It's so, you know, you see the trees and the lights and the music and all of this going on, but let's face it. Let's be, okay, let's be human here today. Let's face it. We all understand that all this is a culmination to Christmas morning when we get up and we go out and there's gifts under the tree. Would everybody here kind of agree with that? Come on now. All right. We look for, at least a child is honest, okay? So... We look for that opportunity to go out and see what the people that we share life with have thought of and done to, to represent their love toward us in sometimes a simple, even handmade thing. It's not necessarily about the amount of money that's been spent. In many of our hearts and lives, it's about the thought and the meaning of what that gift is. Now, I want you to think, uh, I look through my lifetime and, and gifts that I've gotten. Um, just, you know, interestingly, as, as you know, many times we get gifts that sometimes uh, we just don't even know what to do with. I mean, let's just be honest. I got to thinking about this. You know, when you, when you go to get somebody a gift, okay, well, I go through this process when I buy gifts for people. And I begin to think, okay, um, first of all, we all know there's a budget, Right. Anybody here have a budget they have to work with when they buy a gift? All right. So I have a budget. I, I, have, I know that there's, what can I afford? Then I, then I ask myself, what does this person, the, the person I'm buying this gift for, what is it that they want? Okay. Is my budget fit within what they want? And then I begin to process a little bit more. Do, do I think that they need something or would like something that they might not be aware of? You follow me? Then I get to thinking about, is it worth what I'm about ready to pay for it? How many of y'all have ever had that cross your mind? How many of y'all have bought someone a gift and when it was all said and done, you thought, I can't believe I paid that much money for that? Okay. Here's another thing that plays into my mind. Sometimes I worry or I'm concerned about, can I keep it a secret until it's time to unveil the gift? And then I think, <laughs> I know this is very, very prideful. What will the person think of me after they get the gift? What's going to be in their mind? Bill, you are an idiot. You rockhead. Why in the world would you buy me this? Or is it, wow, he really put thought into this. Now, I want you to think about this. I, just something funny I thought of as I was preparing. How many of y'all have ever went to a party and they had a white elephant gift exchange, all right? They are so much fun when you get something good, okay? I want you to think about this. When you go to a white elephant exchange, sometimes you're you kind of, you, it's a mixed bag. You don't know what's going to happen. People, you know, bring gifts to those, not knowing who's going to end up with them, whether it's going to matter. I mean, think about this. I've been to white elephants where people have gotten electric nose pickers. 
I have. Bald men have ended up with brushes. I went to one where an elderly woman ended up with a pack of men's underwear for size 56 waist. Now, what is she, little 80-pound elderly woman, going to do with that gift? You know, sometimes gifts, gifts that we end up acquiring in life, they don't mean anything to us. And I got to thinking about, as, as I was preparing for the sermon today, I came, I came to John 3.16, probably one of the most famous verses in the world. You watch football games and people put it on their banners. You, you see it on bumper stickers. You see it out in public. Uh, football players, uh, very famous, loved football players, have etched it on their cheeks as they've played football to declare the gospel message of John 3.16. And as I was thinking about gifts and, and the simplicity of, of what I wanted to say today, God began to draw my heart to John 3.16 and the simplicity of the gospel message in us understanding that this verse, though small, and this verse, so well known, has powerful, powerful implications to every person that lives on this earth. I want us to look here in John 3.16. The Bible says, as we read a moment ago or recited, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I will tell you that when it comes to gifts, God did not fall short. I want you to understand God is perfect. Amen? God has, has wisdom beyond all measure. So God, as the perfect gift giver, gives the perfect gift. He understands and he sees what mankind needs. I want to talk about this today. I went old school on you this morning. I went with an alliterated outline, okay? Y'all ready to write this down? All my points start with a P, okay? It took a long time to do this, okay? Listen, for God so loved, it's a personal gift. God looked at the life of every human being, and he knew exactly what their genuine heart need was. And he personally, he personally thought through this. They needed love. Listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're at in this world and life. I don't care what color your skin is, what language you speak. I don't care where, where financially you stand today. It doesn't matter who you are in this world. You need to be loved. Amen? Listen, someone who's not loved is going to be lonely and dejected and discouraged, and that's not what God created us to be. God created us to be creative and energetic and loving and caring for people, and God knew that and exemplified it in the greatest gift anybody could ever give because he personalized it in sharing his love. Not because he had to, not because it was convenient, he shared his love because we needed it. Folks, God's love, it's, it's a personal gift that he's given us. God's love is perfect. Listen, we get all kinds of things in this world, and the things that we get in this world, they deteriorate. They're going to end. Listen, you, you, they, they say one man's trash is another man's treasure. Let's face it, a lot of the stuff that's going to be put under Christmas tree this year within the next 50 years, we'll end up in a dump somewhere or lost or forgotten. 
or who will end up in the hands of someone that it means absolutely nothing because they don't know the reason behind it. Listen, when we look at what God did here, God's love is a perfect gift that can be given to anyone at any time through his people and through him that allows it to be timeless and useful always. Always. Have any of you ever gotten regifted something? Come on now, be honest. Anybody ever gotten regifted something? Listen, that gift that someone gets that they really didn't want and they rewrap it and give it to somebody else. Listen, God's love is not something we re-gift because we don't want it. We re-gift it, we give it to others because we get to keep it and provide it to others at the same moment that we don't lose any of the value of the love we have. It is the perfect gift. Listen, humanity's love is, is tainted by the fall of man. There's no way you or I can perfectly love because sin resides in our heart. And in our lives, folks, if you're here today, if you're watching online or you're here in this room, I want you to understand that no matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we work, we will never be able to perfect love. The only person that has that capability is a God that is sinless and all-knowing and all-powerful and everything that he is, he has everything that's needed to create and to present perfect love. And he did that. Through John 3.16, that's declared here. Listen, it's not just that God gave us a personal gift. He gave us a practical gift. How many of you have ever got something that really you did not need or want? Come on now. Listen, God's gift, it was a practical gift. Listen, it is so practical. The love of God, the gift that he's given, as we see here in John 3.16, is so practical that it can be applicable to everybody that has ever existed. There is not one person that has existed in humanity that was not able to take advantage and receive God's love. That's how practical it is. See, what's good for you and a gift may not be anywhere near good for me. Listen, I, um, I, I've told you guys this before, and I use this example a, a lot. But it, it really resonates in my heart and in my mind. So when I was growing up, my dad always bought my mom chocolate-covered cherries every Christmas. Every Christmas. We knew one of the boxes was chocolate-covered cherries. So when I got married, I thought every good husband would buy his wife chocolate-covered cherries. So our first Christmas together, I love my wife. I went and did what every good husband would do, and I bought her a box of chocolate-covered cherries. And the next year, I did the same thing. And the next year, I did the same thing. We've been married about 12 years, and I noticed that the cherries weren't getting eaten. I said, baby, I said, why don't you eat the... She says, I hate chocolate-covered cherries. <laughs> now, listen, what my mom loved... My wife despised. It didn't, it, it was not something she wanted. What's good for one person isn't always good for the next. So that's why when you go to Walmart and you look at what they have in the clothing department, there's all different colors and shapes and sizes, and there's all kinds of things. Listen, folks, 
Isn't it great to know that God's gift was a practical gift that fit everybody? It was something that every person needed. It's something that he created every person to have a desire for. That's love. And we look for love in so many different ways. We look at from imperfect people. We look at love from imperfect organizations. We look at love from all these different spaces. But the genuine truth is we will never find the love that we're genuinely looking for until we find it in the Word of God and in Jesus Christ and our Father that's in heaven. He has the perfect love that fits our hearts just the way we need it to fit. Listen, God's determined gift that he knew every person would need. A gift that when realized would be valued as the greatest gift somebody would ever receive. And the cool thing about this perfect gift, it transcends culture. It transcends race. It transcends language. It transcends your economic standing. It transcends intelligence. And it even transcends age. I have seen people four years old and I've seen people 94 years old embrace the love of God for the first time and realize how loved they are by this perfect love. It is a gift that is amazing. Listen, the love of God is a gift that's so perfect, it should drive the church to go to the corners of the world with its message and declare it to every person willing to listen. It's the perfect gift that we have to offer. This third thing I want to look at in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. It's a, it's, a, it's a practical gift for the whole world. It's a priceless gift. Listen, the Bible says in John 3.16, it's his only begotten son. The gift of love is given through his only begotten son. This is something that's priceless. It's a one of a kind. There's only one of these in existence. You, you can't make it. You can't create it. You can't replace it. God loved the recipient of this gift so much that he was willing to give the most valuable and only thing that he had to a world that needed this priceless gift. His son, the one who provided a personal, a practical and a priceless gift to us. And not just to us only, but to every mankind that would ever exist. Folks, we're, we, we look at John 3.16 so many times and we read through it. I want you to consider the depth of theology, and I'm not even skimming the surface of what we see here. This priceless gift, this perfect gift, this practical gift is also a perpetual gift. When you look at the scripture here, he says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. It is a perpetual gift that never ends. When you receive the love of God and you receive Jesus Christ into your life, it is a gift that will be with you for all eternity. The earth will burn someday. Everything we see physically that exists 
will no longer exist. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. God is going to be able to sit on his throne and we are going to to see the river of life and the tree that brings forth the fruit in each of its seasons. And we're going to be able to exist in heaven and and sit at the feet of Jesus and, and, and and experience this hope that lies within us. But it's all done because of this this perpetual gift that God grants us that can't be taken away when we receive it and apply it to our lives. This gift can continually be given to everyone. Whosoever, it says here, whosoever believeth, no one is left out. I think it's kind of neat to to consider that when we go and we give gifts to people, we have to worry about whether it will fit or whether it's the right color, or whether it is what they exactly wanted. Listen, God handled all that in his relationship with Jesus Christ and his gift to the world, and that this gift is something that will be able to be applied to every one of us, no matter where we're at in life, perpetually, forever. You heard the statement about somebody gives you something and a statement's made, the gift that keeps on giving. Listen, God's love is that gift. When we pass from this world and we get laid into the ground and our bodies return to dust, the love of God has not been diminished one bit. It has actually been enhanced because now we see with our own eyes that hope that was within us and the love of Jesus Christ. We can lay eyes on the nail-scarred hands. We can embrace the pierced body. In our hope, our faith becomes reality. Folks, this perpetual gift is one that lives on and on and on. The other thing I would say about this perpetual gift is that it does not lose or dilute at all the more you give it. The amazing thing about the love of God it is I believe from scriptures what we see is as time goes on and as God's love gets spread, it actually grows stronger and greater because of the people who experience it. You say, well, how is that possible? Because when somebody comes to faith in Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God resides in our heart and life, we are to be ones who represent. We're supposed to be ambassadors for God now here on this earth. What does an ambassador do? An ambassador carries a message and represents the person that has sent them. He has sent us like he sent his son to love people, not to love them in our way, to love them in his way. And that love that he has is perfect and it's perfected in us that we can take it and we can deliver the love, the gospel message of Jesus Christ and what he provides to anyone and everyone. And every time we proclaim it, it it allows the love of God to be stronger and greater and expanded in its ability to influence. But here's the other part of that. If we don't go and proclaim and tell people about God's love and let them know what Jesus Christ did for us. It's like taking a gift and wrapping it and putting it under a tree and never sharing it and allowing a person to open it and enjoy it. Folks, I'm here to tell you that God has given us a perpetual gift, by the way, that we have not had to pay anything for. 
He has supplied it, paid in full, granted it to us and encouraged us and challenged us and commanded us to take this gift to the world. The last thing we see here, not just about it being a perpetual gift that lives eternally and works eternally, the last thing is it's a permanent gift. It's not going to perish. We see here, but have everlasting life is the last phrase here. It can never be taken away. It is an everlasting love. I want you to consider this. All that we face here in this earth in humanity, all the difficulties. If you have your Bibles, turn over Hebrew, or Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. See, there's, there's a thing that I have learned in this world. When, you, when somebody gives you a gift and, and you, um, you share it with people, sometimes you don't get your gift back. Anybody ever experienced that? Okay, about 15 years ago, maybe 17 years ago, I loaned somebody a pair of pliers, very expensive pliers that were given to me, and I know just who it is, and I know what they borrowed it for, and they never returned it. Those pliers meant something to me because they were a gift. And I took that gift, and I gave it to somebody because they needed it, and apparently they felt like they needed it perpetually more than I did, and they kept it. Listen. The gift of love is something when we give to people, we don't lose it. It's permanent in us. It's permanent. It's not going anywhere. Listen, I, I refer to tools because being doing mechanical things, and, and I just, we have some mechanics here and, and tradesmen here. Uh, when you go on a job site and somebody steals your tools, it's pretty frustrating. There's, there's things that we, we are given... We have our houses, and I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this, but when I was a teenager, our house was broken into, and we had a bunch of stuff stolen out of our house, and it was, it was not returned. And it was, it was very frustrating, and it, it hurt, and it was kind of scary, and, and it made me angry because there were things that were stolen that were gifts to me that I cherished. But isn't it great to know that the love of God, this permanent gift is one that no one can steal no one can take from you. You can give it and you don't lose anything. Think about that. What else do you have in your life that you can give that doesn't, that doesn't cause you to have to give up what you have? The love of God is one of those things that if you have it and you take it and you give it, it doesn't diminish the amount of it in your life. It actually expands it. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He that spared not his own son. We're talking about this gift of God through John 3.16. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. This is to say, listen, folks, no one can take away the love of God in your life. When you have it and it's in you, there's no way to take it. The justification and the salvation that comes with it, it stays with you. Verse 34, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. This is the part of that gift that keeps on giving. It's a perpetual gift. He's at the right hand of God, interceding for you and for me. And he's, he's not only expressed his love on the cross of Calvary, but he is expressing his love through intercession for us every moment of every day, all day long. 
Verse 36, as it is written, for thy sake are, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep unto the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Verse 38, for I am persuaded, Paul says, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from what? What's he say there, class? From what? The love of God. which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to consider this love that John 3.16 tells us about and the permanency of the gift of love that God has placed in our hearts and in our minds. And I want you to consider, look at what Paul tells us. He's persuaded that death can't take God's love away. Life can't take God's love away. Angels cannot take God's love away. Principalities, this is spiritual beings that are very powerful cannot take God's love away, nor powers. There's no governmental power. There's no law authority that can take God's love away. There's, hey, there is no church that can take God's love away from you. If, you. if you are a part of an organization, a church that says that they hold your eternity, you need to get into a different church because the church does not hold your soul and your faith. God does. nor things present. Listen, believer, you might be here today. Maybe you're an unbeliever and you're here today and you're going through things in your life right now that you just cannot imagine how God is expressing his love to you with what you're having to face. I want you to know that even in the most difficult circumstance you're facing in your life, those things presently in your life that are causing you grief and heartache, God's love is being expressed through those things and you need to look for God's love in it nor things to come. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But tomorrow cannot take God's love away from you. How about verse 39? Nor height. See, I like the fact that I'm not very tall, I'm short. So I don't have to worry about height taking God's love away from me. That's not what it's saying there. Listen, it doesn't matter if we travel into space. There is no place that God's love cannot reach, nor depth. There's no, there's no deepness in the earth's core that you can get to that God's love cannot reach, nor any other creature. doesn't matter if it's a lion, a tiger, or a bear, another human. It doesn't matter. They cannot take God's love from you. They shall be able to separate us. They can't do it from the love of God. And that love is found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know, all this time, we, all this time we look for the perfect gift as human beings. That thing that will make somebody appreciate what we gave, hold value, and something that will last as long as possible. Our God, God the Father, he gave that gift. He gave it to us at no cost to us, but great cost to him. As we go through this Christmas season over the next several weeks, and you're looking at gifts, and you're going to parties, and people are giving you things, and you're giving things to people, and there's love being exchanged, 
I, I want to encourage you. I said everything today about John 3.16 I've said to come to this, this moment right here. Listen, I want to encourage you, please, take the opportunity to share about God's gift of love with people that need it around you. Even somebody who knows Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, listen, don't hesitate to encourage them with the love of God and what he's done. Because the message of God's word will not return void. Sharing his love with a believer or unbeliever alike is valuable every time we do it. Why is that? Well, because what we looked at today. Because God's love is a personal gift. It's a practical gift. It's a priceless gift. It's a perpetual gift. And it's a permanent gift. Whether you're saved or lost, it's a gift for you. Being reminded of that gift or being told about it for the first time is a powerful thing. I want to encourage you as we go through this Christmas season, first and foremost, if you've never experienced the love of God and accepted Jesus Christ into your life, if you've never recognized that Jesus Christ, he went and he hung on a cross, and he did that for me and for you. He went there to pay for our sin. He didn't have to. He did it because he loved. If you're here today or you're watching online today and you would say, Bill, I've never come to a place in my life where I recognize that Jesus Christ paid for my sin. And I want to accept the gift that Jesus offered in paying for my sin and loving me. Right now, where you sit, whether you're at home on the couch or whether you're here in this place, you can just take a moment with God and close your eyes right where you're at and say, God, I accept that Jesus Christ paid for my sin on the cross, and I'm so sorry for my sin. I want Jesus to come into my life. I want to give my life to him, live for you, God, for now on. Come into my life and forgive me. If you're here today or you're watching today, you come to that place where you want to experience God's love. You can do that today. Maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you have experienced God's love. You've accepted that love and you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. I want to encourage you to take this gift and give it to everybody you can. Don't take the gift and wrap it up and make it look real pretty and not give it to anybody. Take it and give it. The secrecy of the gospel does not help anybody. We need to be able to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone, to the globe's uh, the, to, the, to the full globe of this world. Have you received the gift? Have you received the gift? And then if you have, what are you doing with it? God didn't send his gift of love here for us to experience, for us to just keep to ourselves. The Bible says, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It is the greatest gift ever given and folks I'm here to tell you today we need to be good stewards of the gift that God's entrusted us with if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ today you've heard the message of Jesus and what he did for you he went to that cross and he paid for your sin they put him in a borrowed tomb and three days later he rose again he defeated hell in the grave for you and for me he did that because he loves us he walked the earth for about 50 days and then he ascended into heaven. The Bible tells us, as we saw today, that he, he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and for me because he loves us. Listen, let's not take that gift of love that we see in John 3.16 and hide it 
or think it's not good for somebody or keep it to ourselves that only we enjoy because that's not why it was given. It was given so we could enjoy and then help others enjoy. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, I want to thank you for this day. Thank you for how you love us. Thank you for the message of John 3.16, the simplicity of it, the message of